0: How the hell is everybody doing tonight? Good in the hood,
1: I'm told.
2: Doing fantastic.
0: Sarai, Sarai, Sarai. Well, welcome back to Wake of Whispers, everybody. Season two, episode fourteen. And it would appear that you have all just come to the end of a long mm-hmm. journey. Looking at the calendar here, it looks like this is the fortieth in-game day of the campaign. Uh, something like fifty-five uh, sessions, but I don't know. For some reason it feels like so much longer, doesn't it?
1: It does. I think that out of game, in reality, it's taken us about three months to get to Lepidstead.
2: It's been a long trip.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right. Uh, 14 weeks. Uh, it's, Megan, just do some math for us.
2: Nah, no, thanks, pass. It's three,
1: three and a half or maybe even four months. Oh, we're finally here. Yay, it's a new day.
2: Yeah, we'll just pretend that didn't happen.
0: And before getting to Lepidstead, you made some friends. A traveling group of sideshow performers, the Crooked Kin, you ran into along the road and they had requested your help finding one of their members that had wandered off into the swamp. You beat the crap out of the vicious phase spider that had attacked her and brought her back still alive. And not only are they forever in your debt, more or less. Uh, but they also gave you a fancy new dagger as a token of appreciation. Ooh.
2: They did? What? What?
1: Yeah, it's like a changeling
0: bane. Yes. A plus one humanoid shape changer bane dagger. Oh. Uh, so it gives an extra 2d6 damage towards shape changing humanoids.
3: Werewolf Stammer. All right. Perfect.
0: And on top of that, you agreed to escort them the rest of the way to Lepidstad, just about a day's journey at that point. And the rest of your journey went fairly uneventful. You did see a lot more people on their way to Lepidstad, though. And upon arriving at the city of Lepidstad, you found it to be in somewhat of an uproar, the Beast of Lepidstad, a monster who has been the subject of old wives tales and spooky stories for decades, has apparently been apprehended and a trial is being held for the Beast's crimes. The city is just chock full of people from all over Ustalav and further who are here to see the Beast put to justice, and apparently put to death. In the process of entering the city, you sort of lost track of the crooked kin, but general consensus is that they won't be too hard to find. Upon getting to Kendra's house, she reiterated the fact that she kind of wanted a little bit of space, and wanted the place to herself after being cooped up with
2: you assholes is the word he was not saying. <laughs> yes, uh,
0: you assholes. <laughs> uh, four heroes. Yes, sorry. Oh, uh, you're... Four heroic assholes. <laughs> so you went to one of Flora's favorite halfling bars, the dead goat, oh, yeah. <laughs> and got some rooms. A little bit later, Kendra showed up to deliver a letter to Ozel. And at a certain point, Flora walked home to her own home here in Lebetstad where she lives with her mentor one Oslyn Thistlepaw. What
1: a great last name. Good job.
4: Thank
2: you. Thank you.
0: Yeah, it's pretty good.
1: <laughs> She's bowing, everyone. She's bowing into
0: her mm-hmm. camera. Yep. Uh, couldn't tell.
2: Cuz my camera's not on. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, you ruined it. You ruined it. <laughs> And I believe that is basically where we left off So why don't we pick it right back up with Flora Flora, it's probably about 9pm as you walk down the road towards Irina Oslin's place
2: I believe Stormak very pointedly made sure he watched until I he was not visible anymore That's right make sure I was safe.
0: So, uh, Flora, is this your partly your house or is this Oslin's house that you live at? Uh, what's the situation there?
2: We've probably shared it the whole time we've been here because we arrived together. So it's like both of our houses. But, you know, she she's not like his kid. She kind of comes and goes as, as she wants. Right
0: Also, So when you get there, do you go knock on the door? you kick it down? Uh, tell me how you do it
2: she'll just walk i mean how late at night is it is it late enough to assume he's gone to bed already like what
0: it's about 9 p.m
2: oh okay so the, the lights are probably still on she'll just open the door and quietly just in case they've fallen asleep on the couch they i don't know why but i feel like he's married and he probably has a wife that i haven't
4: it's the explored. puppies
2: yeah the puppies. <laughs> <laughs> she walks in quietly just in case they've like fallen asleep in front of the TV or something.
0: The TV. Yep. <laughs>
4: <laughs>
0: Explain uh, that, please. Elaborate. Wesley, what does TV stand for in Galarian?
3: <laughs> tavern vision. It's uh tavern vision. Yeah, you, you know, you, you go to the tavern, you knock a few too many back, you come home, and you just lay down and enjoy the tavern vision. You mean stare at the wall, <laughs> drunk as fuck? <laughs> Thank you, Wesley. I've
0: done that. I knew I could count on you.
3: I, I said tavern mission. Watch it spin. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like it. So, you come in, and the fireplace is still crackling, and you do see, in a big comfy chair next to the fire, the bundled-up figure of Oslin Thistlepaw. And maybe it even startles you when out of nowhere, this massive snore comes out of him, just kind of...
2: She smiles. She's very charmed. Um, She'll just kind of go look and make sure she can see his face and go find her way to bed very quietly and turn to Daisy and put her finger over her lips.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and Daisy just kind of cocks her head to the side. And then you hear, out of nowhere, a thunderous cacophony of big, thuddy puppy paws.
2: Roly-poly puppies!
0: And it gets louder and louder as this wave of puppies comes (laughs) crashing into the room and just sort of engulfs you with barks and licks.
1: Oh no, shh, 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 hush
0: Yeah, and they just jump all over you and they're like barking and licking you and cuddling and oslin does suddenly startle awake at the ruckus He's like, <sandbox noise> um, uh, who, who's there who's there
2: it's okay it's okay it's just me
0: flora flora, flora is that you oh oh my word
2: yes yeah, sorry i was trying not to wake you
0: oh i can't believe you're back girl oh come on then give us a hug
2: big hug for oslin
0: yeah, and he just kind of picks you up and squeezes you tight and swings you back and forth for a minute. <laughs> well, I had no idea when I should be expecting you back. Oh, this is what a surprise.
2: Yeah, we just got in tonight. We got Kendral settled and had some dinner. I didn't mean to wake you up.
0: Oh, that's nice. Well, I'm glad you did. Uh, I'm so good to see you. Uh, how the hell are you, girl? Tell me everything.
2: Oh, it's a, it's a long story, but I'm okay.
0: Ah, well, you look fabulous and and tired. Uh, Can I get you anything? Are you hungry?
2: No, no, no. I just had dinner. Thank you. I'll just go unpack and I'll I'll catch you up in the morning.
0: Ah, all right. Uh, Well, you know where everything is. Uh, You go ahead and uh, get yourself some rest and uh, we'll talk in the morning over breakfast.
2: Yeah, go to to bed, old man. You look tired. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> All right, you are What does Oslin look like, Megan?
2: Shit, I had a picture, like, years ago. Um, he's, he's old, he's got gray hair, but he's like a sweet old guy. He's got, you know, too much mustache and kind eyes. He's a halfling as well.
1: I'm picturing Geppetto from
0: Pinocchio.
2: I know. The way he's <laughs> making the mouth noises is very Japan.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm at least picturing a huge mustache. Oh yeah. And how many puppies are there, Megan?
2: Uh eight.
0: And how many are you contractually obligated to give to Chutney Gilliam? <laughs>
2: oh yeah. Um, I think I think we agreed on two.
0: <laughs> Fuck yeah. Just checking. No reason.
2: (laughs) No reason. Okay.
0: And the puppies keep paying you lots of attention, uh, but after a little bit, they settle down and go sit next to the fire with Daisy.
2: They they focus their attention on Daisy instead.
0: Yeah, they're happy to see her. Mama. They're rolling around and cuddling, and eventually they fall asleep. Is that what Flora does?
2: Yeah. She's tired. Been a long trip.
0: Right on. So, why don't we just cut to the morning? I imagine Flora's planning on meeting back up with the rest of the crew at some point.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's probably going to try to take Oslin with her.
0: Right on. So you wake up in the morning, and you can smell that Oslin already has breakfast cooking. And you come out, and he's surrounded by a sea of puppies, and he's cooking breakfast, and he's like, oh, Flora! Oh, so nice to see your face in the morning again. Oh, have a seat, have a seat. Breakfast is almost done. I trust you slept well.
2: She gives him another big, long, like, way too long of a hug. She's just
0: happy to be oh, home. Oh, yes, bring it in. Oh, it's been too long, lass.
2: I imagine they'll have dinner, but she'll just, like, talk his ear off and tell him everything that, that happened and just kind of get him up to speed the whole time.
0: So you have dinner for breakfast?
2: Yeah, is that what I said? <laughs> I made breakfast.
0: <laughs> All right. So, yeah, you just give him basically the whole story over breakfast.
2: Mm-hmm. Embellishing. Making her sound like she's done more than she has.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he's enthralled. He's listening intently to everything you say. And after that, he's like, oh, that's a harrowing tale. But uh, what you be doing now that you're back in town here? What's your plans?
2: Well, I think we still have some business for the professor, but I want you to meet my friends, Oslin.
0: Oh, I'd say. I'd certainly love that. Uh, where are they at now?
2: Oh, they're all staying at the dead goat. You should
0: come with me. At uh, the goat, you say? Oh, I haven't seen old Mary in far too long. Sh- she's still there, yeah? Oh, yeah.
2: Caught up with her last night.
0: Oh, last nice. Well, yeah, I'd love to come with. Uh, l- let me put some food out for the wee ones and... uh I'll put on something uh, a little more uh, presentable.
2: Yeah, good luck looking presentable, old man. Oh, ah,
0: ah, ah, I've missed ya.
2: Good-natured ribbing.
0: All right, so you guys finish breakfast, get your shit together, lock up the house, feed the puppers, and head off towards the dead goat. And why don't we cut back over there? What does the morning look like for the rest of the party over at the Dead Goat Inn.
1: Stormax slept great in his single bed in his single room. Uh, in solitude, he woke up early. He found a tub and wood and made a fire and took a super hot bath. Said some prayers to Torag and to Grundenar and... Got himself his cleanest outfit, his cleanest uh, old robes, and he's ready for the day. Goes to find Ozel, perhaps, in the hall.
4: Uh, you meet Ozel in the hall, and uh, he's coming out of his room fully dressed, nice and pressed. Um, and he looks over at you and says, "Ah, Stormac, I'm glad I ran into you this morning. I-, I have a gift for you. Oh, good morning, father. Father Oza will hand out the two bargass teeth that you remember him prying out, but they have a um, shittily carved S and P into them, into one and in the other. But I have drilled little holes in the top and little holes in the bottom so that you can um, put salt and pepper into them.
2: <laughs> oh my god, that's so cute! <laughs>
1: Um, I don't know if Stormac immediately gets that, um, but he's holding them, and and he's like, "These are magnificent, Ozil." And I don't know. I think we should roll some dice to see if he if he understands what the heck these are. What do you say?
0: You don't know what a salt and pepper shaker is? You could roll a profession cook.
1: Are there is there salt and pepper in them already? Because that would be a big clue.
0: Um,
4: no. I don't know where I would have gotten salt and pepper. <laughs> um, let's just say yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
0: well,
1: that's a 16 on the die for a 23 profession cook.
0: Or a 23? Oh, yeah. You could make it out what these are.
1: Well, he, he like shakes one of them to pretend like he's salting something and he goes these will be wonderful thank you my friend
4: I feel like we could use them around the around the campfire it, uh, it might behoove us sometimes when we're out in the bush that is adorable
1: <laughs> cute yes and around the hearth for we now are off the road and, and living like civilized folk
4: it is always a pleasure to be off the road uh, who knows what we might find in this town where is Sidgiddle
0: where is Sidereal?
3: Uh Sidriel is probably still in his room. Waking up.
0: Yes, yeah, Sidriel has been first one up for a while now, before the sun even makes sense. He might want to sleep in a little bit.
2: Catching up on his beauty sleep.
3: Somebody knock on Sid's door. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's out in
1: this one here, and we go down the hall. I knock some knuckles on the door
3: You hear some quick rustling And the door flies open Is it time to go to the academy? Oh honey <laughs> It's like super well put together Hair's all done up Like the nicest clothes he's worn the whole time
1: <laughs>
3: oh. <laughs> oh yeah I
1: forgot about
3: that Sure What do you say Ozel? H- how could you forget It's got the uh, I'm pretty sure it's the biggest library in Ustalov Yeah uh, I've seen bigger
4: Sadly, I don't believe that our task today is going to be to the Academy as much as it is to return those tomes. And uh, he gets kind of a like quiet voice among him because uh, those are kind of supposed to be like those secret tomes, right? The dangerous ones. The tomes, Sidriel.
3: But aren't we returning those to the university? As well? I
4: believe that we have to return one of them to the university, but we should keep them quiet and definitely keep them safe as we wander through the muck that is this city during this time of the beast. Who knows what is
1: out there? Rude. Yes, it'll all work out.
0: So you do have several books to return to a Dr. Montaigne Crowell at the Lepidstead University and then one more book to deliver to a Judge Embryth Deremid And why don't we say that Flora, along with Daisy and Oslin, show up at the dead goat right about now.
1: There she is. Good morning, Flora.
2: (laughs) She'll, like, wave at you guys all and drag her, uh, her Oslin fella over.
0: All right, easy there, Flora.
2: And be like, hi, guys, I want you to meet my, uh... A mentor. This is... This is... Oslin.
0: <laughs> mentor. He's taught me
2: everything I know. <laughs>
0: oh, you're too kind, dear. The name's Oslin Thistle, Paul. It's a pleasure to finally meet all you. I've heard so much about you.
3: So it kind of pops his head around like, hey, Oslin? Oslin? Did... Did you spend some time in Gringold a while back?
0: Oh, I might have been through there once or twice. Why? Oh, are you the wee Asrin right, boy? Oh, that was quite a while ago. You've grown so much. I didn't realize you were the citril.
3: Yeah, I think you, you, you were you were helping my mom, Verinda, right?
0: Ah, yes, Verinda. What a fine lady she was. So nice. Ah, I look at you. You look wonderful, boy. What are you, uh, one, uh, maybe 200 years old now? <laughs> 124. Almost 125.
3: 125
2: flora's got that meme face with all the math around her head where she's like what what the f- uh, how do you guys know each other
1: <laughs> Stormac is several paces back and he just gives a polite bow to oslin and says you have raised uh, or trained a very powerful squire you should be
3: proud wait awesome you know flora
0: well of course i do didn't you meet her uh, when I was there at your mother's shop? She was there, all, all beat up and whatnot.
2: Wait, your potion shop is—is is the one I was, was in when I, when I got injured on the way up here.
3: Berinda's potent potables.
2: Oh my god! Ha! Huh. Your mom saved my life, Sidriel, and she'll like hug him.
3: Well, I mean, she <laughs> might have administered the poultices, but I'm the one that found everything. <laughs>
2: He's mumbling while she gives him a hug, a hug that includes his arms, right? Like she nice. gets his whole body in it. So he's just standing there like a like a plank.
0: Well, it's good to see you doing well, and you got such fine friends here.
3: I I, I wish Thor would have said something. I would have had so many questions ready when I got here.
2: Well, I I told you guys about my. I, I guess I just didn't know.
3: I told us you about your mentor. You didn't say it was awesome.
1: Stormax slaps Ozl in the in the belly and says says quietly, say something to Flora's mentor. Just standing there quiet. I'm
2: In the belly?
1: Yeah. <laughs> seems like
4: a uh, not a pointed moment. Wisdom is when to speak, not what to say. Uh, hi, Aslan. Uh,
0: you must be Father Osel. Uh
4: Only recently, <laughs> Father, but yes, Aslan, uh, nice to meet you.
0: You know, shake your hand, a nice hearty handshake. And he'll look over his say, And Stormak, is that right? Yes, sir. Well, it's so nice to meet all of you after hearing about you and Flora's letters. A fine group of friends you got here, Flora. Thank you for taking care of her. Or is it the other way around? (laughs) Oh.
3: Other way around.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Ah, You're such an ass.
1: She saves my life almost every
0: week. (laughs) Quite right. Ah, uh, well, would a lot of you been staying in the city long?
3: I think so.
1: He looks at his two buddies.
3: I wasn't planning on leaving until I read every book in the library, so, at least a week.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tenacious as ever. Well, you got a bit of work ahead of you then, lad.
3: Well, we should, speaking of the library, we should probably get going. You know, like, now.
0: Oslin laughs. He said, well... As long as you're here, don't hesitate to ask if you need anything at all. A friend of Froya's is a friend of mine, and
4: that's that. If anything, it, uh, it might be nice to come by for some puppy therapy. Uh, I've I've only heard stories and
2: Oh, you have to see the puppies.
4: It could be nice. Uh, I do love I do love Daisy. Oh, how could you not? Yeah, any time you like, you're
1: always welcome. Oh, and this is Old River. He would probably like to see the
0: puppies, too. <laughs> oh, Had oh, you look at this distinguished gentleman right here? Oh, he gets down on his knees and starts giving Old River some puppy love face rubbings. Well, then, I've got a little bit of uh, business to attend to myself. I should be getting to it. Oh, I just wanted to get eyeballs on Flora's friends for once.
2: Thanks, Oslin. I'll I'll come back by the house when we're done.
0: You all take care of yourselves now. The city's all up in an uproar. Everyone's losing their gods' damned mind.
4: I can see that. Uh, everyone always has been telling us that it's, uh, it's a trial, but no one can give us any real definition of what is really going on. Uh, you have anything better than that, or are we just constantly... Being placated into uh, what is written on the back of the book. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, apparently, it's just that. They're putting him on trial for a number of crimes that he may or may not have committed. Uh, people have been saying he's done hundreds of things, thousands, over the years, but I wouldn't have believed he existed at all if I didn't see him with my own eyes. Ah. You saw
4: him. What did he look like? Can you, can you give us any more description? He's a massive
0: bastard, at least 12 feet tall. Gruesome.
2: Maybe a picture. <laughs> Maybe something
0: like uh, clip art. Oh, I didn't have my Polaroid with me. <laughs> I saw him being led to the courthouse. 12 foot tall, pale blue skin, stitches all over. Mean look on his face. The bastard was laughing the entire way.
4: Wow. Well, this will be the trial of the century then.
0: Yeah.
2: 12 feet Holy shit.
4: He must have 12, maybe 15 hits dice to his name.
0: (laughs) From what I hear, today will be his arraignment. They'll be deciding what crimes he'll actually be charged with. And the trial is uh, supposed to commence sometime this week. I don't know much more than that, though, unfortunately. But Oslin,
4: why even try the
0: man?
2: You're not going,
0: are you? Oh no, I've got much better things to do with my time than see a man put to death. Is he a man? If everyone is so sure of his guilt, why
4: even try them?
2: Well, if everyone was so sure of your guilt back in Ravengrow,
0: Dot dot dot. Well, man or no, if he's a sentient being of some sort, I suppose he's got the right to a fair trial.
4: Doesn't seem like he's going to get to a jury of his own peers if everyone already is flooding the city thinking that he's already guilty.
0: You're not wrong. They've already put up the punishment man in the square. Shameful, I say.
4: See, that's that's not a fair trial. We shall see. Sidriel, stop pulling on my sleeve. Yes, okay, okay. Let's get to the let's get to the thing. Okay, I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> I'm sorry.
4: Uh Ocelin, we
3: Library We Yes. Okay, okay.
0: <laughs> we must go. Uh onwards. I if you'll excuse me, I've got some business to attend to myself.
3: Yeah, good. I'll see you tonight.
0: Library. He slicks his hair back and turns toward the bar. Merry old plate of soup! How the hell are ya? And goes towards the bartender. (laughs) And as you exit the bar into the very crowded streets, you see there is just chaos all around. You see the guards breaking up a fight down the road. You see people drinking in the streets and yelling at each other and arguing. Uh, vendors are still trying to do business although they're getting really crowded and just a few seconds later you see coming down the road towards the dead goat is Kendra
2: oh we wave at her
0: she sees you says oh hello and comes over to you and you notice that she is being followed by several big beefy dudes beefcakes whoa <laughs> Well, I hope you don't mind. I've took it upon myself to hire some extra help, um, uh, moving my belongings back into my home from the wagons. Uh, you've all just done so much for me, I didn't want to bother you anymore, uh, with menial tasks.
2: Oh, Kendra, we could have done that.
0: Oh, don't be silly. You've done so much already. I've got more than enough money to afford a little hired help. You should relax. Take a load of, um... Have some fun while you're here in the city. It's been such a long journey. Only, um, what should I do with your things?
2: Oh, you can keep them at my place, if you need to, for now.
0: I mean, sounds great to me. Uh, Oslin comes out, uh, just about then, and hears what you're saying. She's like, oh, I can show you where it's at. Come, pretty lady, follow me. She says, oh, oh, very well. Um, come, Beefcakes, um... Thank you again. I hope to see you all soon. And, and you, you as well, Sidriel.
3: Well, Sid's kind of like not engaging with Kendra at all. Just kind of standing off to the side and mumbling to himself. I guess it's not being useful and they just kick you to the curb. Oh. Oof. Oh, no.
2: <laughs> Does she see that? Does she recognize that, Johnny? Hmm. Has she come to recognize his passive-aggressive mumbling as his feelings are hurt? <laughs>
4: Not when she's surrounded by three
0: man meats. <laughs> I'll roll sense motive.
2: Beefy men, yeah, that's a, ooh, the visual.
0: That's uh, a natural two. No.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> this is going south so, so fast.
0: <laughs> so Kendra starts directing beefcakes around and getting ready to follow Oslin to your house with all of her belongings. And she's waving as she leaves, saying, Oh, I hope to... See you soon. Perhaps dinner? Soon, yes? Can we go
1: now? Yeah, Stormac has noticed Cydriel, and he's just like, Cidril, we're off to the library now! Please!
2: Let's go, buddy! Let's go! Let's go! <laughs> you want a walkies?
1: Do we have
4: the books that we need? We need to get the books that we need. Maybe Kendra brought those with her.
0: Yeah, they'd be in the wagon there. You could grab them before she leaves. That
4: That chest of books that we have to return, Sidriel knows exactly where they need to go, so I'll let him lead. Yes, Sidriel knows where
3: they go. Where do they go, John,
4: or you know which books go to which one because you know which books are in there, right? I guess is what I meant that's what I meant, yeah no
3: Sidriel knows that I have no idea <laughs> West does not.
1: Uh, we eat breakfast during this whole conversation there at the inn, and we're out the door ready to go.
0: So, the purple book with the gold scarab and the strange lock on it is supposed to be delivered to a Judge Embryth Dermid. And the chest with the questionable, dangerous religious tomes in it is to go to one Montaigne Kral, who works at the Lepidstad University. Those are titled Unverified Madness, Serving Your Hunger, and The Umbral Leaves.
2: Oh boy.
3: This one's not ominous at all.
2: Not at all.
4: When we looked at them, they were terrifying.
1: That one, that
4: uh, second to the
1: last one sounds like a cooking book. <laughs> the Umbral Leaves.
0: <laughs> no,
2: no. Feeding Your Hunger.
4: Oh. Serving Your Hunger. I thought he said the last one.
0: <laughs> I believe when you first got these, somebody rolled to see what these books were actually about. We tried.
3: Yeah, I think I looked through
0: them. Serving Your Hunger is a copy, actually, of one of the religious texts of the goddess Ergothoa. The goddess of physical excess, disease, and the undead. Yeah.
1: Do these books have locks on them or anything? Is there anything to prevent us from having
0: looked at them? The purple book was locked, but the rest were not.
1: Well, I think we would have. Okay. I think Stormac would have, at least. I'll say that much.
0: Well, Serving Your Hunger, the Book of Urgathoa contains the basic tenets of the faith, several recipes for extravagant meals... A few that you may have noticed include humanoids in the ingredients. Uh Ooh! And much about the most well-known ways of becoming undead, primarily dealing with ghouls, whites, and vampires. Much of it is written in riddles intended to jar the mind, shaking it loose from conventional thoughts such as morality and moderation.
1: I think that one Stormak would have been interested in Having been affected by the ghoul fever and uh, having had that disease, yeah, um, I think he was. I think he would have been interested in that.
0: Yeah, when you were waiting outside of Tamra and Vina, being sick, you mentioned reading a book about ghouls. This was probably the one you were reading. That makes sense. The Umbral Leaves is a rough copy into common of the holy text of Zon-Kuthon, the god of pain. Oh, god. Unverified Madness is a tome discussing the dark tapestry, the dark spaces between the stars where many residents of Galarian believe true madness lives. It is a work of astronomic observations and occult lore, as well as a treaty on aberrations and other entities on Galarian that possess remote ties to the dark tapestry. Yeech.
4: Terrifying.
0: Yeah, some serious Lovecraftian bullshit. I, admit, I don't know about bullshit, that <laughs> shit's wild.
1: Yeah, Stormak definitely would have flipped through that. Alright, let's get rid of him.
3: So, was it just in the will that it was said we were supposed to deliver these books? Were there any further instructions? Uh, the instructions from the will were to, after spending
0: 30 days in Ravengrove helping Kendra to deliver these books to Lepidstad, to their respectful owners, and Judge Embryth Dermid would give you your reward of 100 platinum pieces each,
3: and that was the end of it. You know, it's a better reward than 1,000 Th- platinum pieces.
2: A library.
3: Access to the library. Let's go. All right, Flora, which way? <laughs> <laughs> Sid's wandering out in front of the group like, okay, do I, do I go straight? Do I make a left? Where do I go?
2: Okay, alright, okay, okay. Flora kind of like takes his like lower arm and starts walking him off in, in, a, in a direction.
0: So, if you're headed to the university, you're going to want to head southwest. Uh, Lepidstad University is number three on this map.
2: Oh, that's real close.
0: And as you're out in the street and traveling there, The streets are just jam-packed, filled with people, and it almost seems like they're on the brink of breaking out into a riot. Uh, All the bars are filled and spilling into the streets, and it's just a shit show. There's barely enough guards to keep control of the crowds here.
3: So, just to be prepared, because there's a person called The Beast going on trial, who is holding on to that shapeshifter bane dagger
1: I think you had it last what
3: do one of you guys I was given yeah he handed it to me but do one of you guys want it they can actually use that a little more effectively if I'm in stabbing range of a werewolf I'm doing something wrong
1: (laughs) this looks like a fabulous weapon I'd be proud to carry it Ozel would it be better off in your hands (laughs)
4: No, sir, but I appreciate that as he's holding this chest of books, trying to
1: follow you guys.
2: Yeah, and Flora can't even consider holding that for a moment because she's too fucking small.
1: Stormac puts it in his belt and uh, says, Ozil, let me carry those books for you, and he takes
0: the case. So you guys are going to head to the university?
2: Yes, but while we're walking, though, Flora's going to be like, so you're telling me that mm-hmm. You were at that shop, and you don't recognize me. You didn't recognize me when we met. I was unconscious, but you didn't recognize me.
3: Maybe that's why, Flora. That let's go with that. Yeah, it definitely <laughs> didn't take me like two weeks to start recognizing you, Justin Girl. <laughs> Ouch, dog! I just can't
2: believe that. And that's your mom. She seems so friendly. <laughs> Flora's just going to go off about how much she loved her. She took such good care of her. Blah, 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 blah.
0: When you arrive at the university, the first building you come upon, you see a sign that says Department of Antiquities. It also appears that most of the university that you can see is kind of cordoned off and shut down. There are no students walking around. There are guards standing out front, and they see you approach... They say, pardon me, university's off limits for a few days, active crime scene.
2: What?
3: You heard me, nothing to say here, move along.
2: No, what happened?
3: The only crime here is you stopping me from getting to that library.
2: (laughs) He's getting more aggressive than we've ever seen him.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? You've been living under a rock or something?
2: We just got into town.
0: The bloody beast of Leopardstad broke in here, smashed the place all up. That's where we captured him. No. Yes.
2: Is Professor what's-his-name okay? What was his name?
0: Montane
3: Crowl.
0: Is everyone okay? Yes, miraculously, no one was hurt. Thank the gods. And thank the gods, as it were, <laughs> the fine work of the Leopardstad town guard. They look at each other and kind of smirk, puff
3: their chest out a little bit. Oh, good job, boys.
2: Well, is, is anyone there, or has everyone gone home? We're looking for a professor. Pr-
3: professor Montaigne Crow, please, we need to- we, 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 we have business, can you- Can we move this along? <laughs> <laughs> and as you say out loud,
0: Professor Montaigne Crow, uh, you hear a voice from somebody who is just coming out of the building. Oh, did I hear my name? Um, I'm Professor Crowell. Um, who's looking for me? This slightly older man pushes his way through the guards. He has gray hair and a gray mustache, tiny circular glasses, and he's wearing a colorful purple and blue and gray robe. And as he pushes his way through the guards, he's like, Oh, out of my way, you oafs! He kind of looks you guys down and he's like, So, um, to who do I owe the pleasure?
4: Well, met, sir, um, we have been charged by the late Professor Lorimer to return a few books that he may have borrowed. Uh, may we speak in private? Uh, I don't know if inside the university is a good place, or if you have somewhere where we could speak. I gesture towards the chest in Stormax's
3: arms, audibly. Library's a good place for checking books back in.
0: (laughs) Petrus? Uh, Petrus Lorimer? Oh, Dear, so sad to hear of his passing. I was wondering if I would ever see these books again. Um, farewell. Um, please uh, let me show you to my office. We can talk there. And he gestures for you to follow him into the building.
1: Stormac nods to the guards as we follow this guy. He says, "Thank you,
0: boys." And they barely respond to you. They just kind of stay stoic. Uh, He leads you into the building, and it is sort of uh, a museum-like atmosphere, except for it is entirely smashed to bits. Shelves, and sculptures, and pieces of art, and furniture is just in splinters all over, smashed up. Uh, There are a few guards meandering about, and there are a bunch of laborers sort of trying to clean things up, and doing repairs. He says well please don't mind the mess Um, things are a bit crazy right now with all of this beast business God's willing it will all be resolved soon and we'll be back to our business as usual. Um, my office is just right over here
1: we, we all roll crime scene investigation checks as we walk
0: through <laughs>
4: I'm glad that I put a couple of points into CSI We're, We are amateur CSI you just call me Gil Grissom from now on. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Gotta get you some sunglasses.
4: I think it's the third time it's come up in this entire podcast that we have mentioned Gil Grissom.
1: Well, we, we've been solving a lot of crimes, so it's not extraordinary. Um, but yeah, I'm serious. Like, I think that as we walk through this crime scene, designated crime scene, there's all these town's guards about, I think that all of us have some degree of experience in that. Or, you know, peeping out what size creature could have done this damage, Sure, would
4: would any check uh, allow us to get a little bit more information just based on uh, the oc- our ocular pat-down of the room?
0: Well, without taking time to investigate and just kind of observing as you walk past towards the office, uh, it definitely looks like something huge smashed the place up. Fair. 12 foot huge? Quite possibly. 15 hit die huge? I'm just kidding. Let's go.
4: Let's deal with this guy. I like this guy.
0: Uh, He leads you to his office, and he's kind of chipper for everything that's going on. Um, You get in there, and it's lined wall-to-wall with books and artwork and sculptures. There's some, looks like, masks of different cultures and... He uh, sits down behind his desk and points you all to a few chairs. There's at least one for everyone. He says, So, um, you have the books that Petros had borrowed. Is that right? And there was certainly some nasty stuff in those.
3: We have some books, yes. Just curious, what was the nature of the research Lorimer was conducting?
0: You know, to be perfectly honest, I'm not quite sure what he was doing trying to figure out, but he, he always liked to look into the darker side of things, um, all in good nature, of course, uh, he was usually looking for ways to combat the evils of the world, you see. It may
4: have got him into a bunch of trouble in Ravengro, and it seems that we may have ironed that out, so I'm, uh be careful in the future of who you lend these to. A small-town mentality can really build up and cause a bunch of animosity, if, uh, if you know what I mean.
0: Uh, yes, I see. Um, I heard his death was an accident. Do you think him getting into trouble, as you put it, um, had something to do with his passing?
4: The town of Ravengrove is not uh, the most progressive town they truly believed that he was up to no good I, I feel as if we quenched that uh, notion, a glance around at uh, all of my compatriots but still in the long run we don't believe his death to be necessarily an
0: accident oh well that is rather interesting did you have a theory? Someone you believe may be responsible for his death?
2: We're still looking into that.
3: What did he what do you know about secret societies cults, that type of thing in Ustalov? Oh well Ustalov has been home
0: to a plethora of cults and secret societies over the years, why do you ask?
3: Academic interest.
4: What about the whispering way? And I, I watch his reaction very, very closely.
0: Yes,
3: well, Lorma
0: did seem to show an interest in them. Um, deviant, deviant cult they were. They've been around for quite some time, and from what I understand, there are still remnants of them uh, all over the world, especially in Ustalov. You believe they might have had something to do with his death, do you?
4: It is a uh, possibility that has crossed our paths and may be entwined with... Lorimer's
0: death well almost every time they've been noted as being openly active in the past within history it's been something dark and not good may the gods have mercy on our souls if they're planning something that Lorimer got close to and they tried to shut him up ghastly thought
4: this is Dark Times, Professor. Make sure these books are well kept after.
0: Yes, well, um, you can be assured that I will keep these books of vile darkness, as we say, under lock and key. They will be safe here in the Department of Antiquities if my name isn't Professor Montaigne Crowell.
3: What, what is it that you study, Professor? Is your area of expertise...
0: Oh, well, we study many things here in the Department of Antiquities, but...
3: You know, how about our students resurrecting the The usual.
0: <laughs> I mostly study uh, ancient cultures and their history, and origins of found artifacts and antiquities, dabble in art history and, and things of the like.
3: That was a very long-winded way of saying you're an anthropologist. <laughs> My god. <laughs> <laughs> yes, anthropology. That's a good word for it. Items of your study were destroyed? What what kind of things? Well, uh, just about everything
0: in the antiquities department unfortunately was destroyed, uh, save for what was stolen. Everything is quite a mess.
3: Which was what
0: was stolen? Well, curious enough, it was something not of great value, but un- unless they were purely interested in its history, uh, it's a small statuette we dubbed the Sea Sage Effigy.
2: What did it look like?
0: It was a small stone statuette of a, a vaguely humanoid figure with fish-like features, um, some tentacles, a funny little creature. A traveler had donated it to us who had apparently found it in some sort of ruins down near Ilmarsh.
1: Well, funny how?
3: Like, is it here to amuse you?
1: Funny, like, haha, make you laugh?
0: <laughs> uh, he's, it was like a funny little octopus man with a goofy smile. <laughs> <laughs> what was it made out of? You know, it was funny. It was made out of a sort of murky green stone that we weren't quite able to identify. Uh, it didn't
3: seem uh, valuable, though, although singular, for sure. By chance, does this statue hold any of that uh, cultural significance you were talking about? Well, we have actually not been able to pinpoint
0: uh, what exact culture this came from. It just seems incredibly old, but... We have not been able to tie it to any time period or group of people that we know of so far. It's quite curious, but we're we're still looking into it when it was stolen. And yes, while the material it was made of was mysterious, it was hardly valuable. I don't know what the Beast would have wanted with it. Although, from what I hear, the Beast is quite mad and has been unable to explain his actions. Even more curious is that, although he was caught in the act of breaking in, entering, and stealing it, uh, the statue was nowhere to be found, oddly enough.
3: Well, if the beast was caught and didn't have the statue, is it possible there was more than just the beast acting in the university? Why, yes, I suppose that does
0: certainly seem a possibility. I'm
3: no detective, though. Clearly. Hmm. Why would an anthropologist be good about deducting clues based off of evidence bandied about an area? Sidreal. Oh, my Flora will God. step
2: on his foot oh, as hard God. as she can.
4: I <laughs> couldn't. <laughs> 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 oh, <my God. laughs> uh, I think bitter Sidreal might be my favorite. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> He's had a rough
1: day.
0: Oh. (laughs) 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 Oh. Okay, I'm done. Yes, well, I must trust that the town guard and the high judges will make sense of it and bring justice where it's due. I'm simply just far too busy to worry about it, to be honest. It's not my job, you see.
4: Perfectly fine, Professor. Professor, I take it you were probably a good... uh, friend to Professor Lorimer, and uh, we were in charge of taking uh, his last wish to bring you these books back. Uh, May you protect them as he protected them. And uh, he was worried enough, so there must be something
0: very dangerous within these. Yes, well, they certainly are books of vile darkness, as it were. Um, I assure you they will be kept safe and out of reach of anyone who might get into trouble with them. I will be keeping them under lock and key, don't you worry. I'm honestly a bit more concerned with what Whispering Way might be up to if Petrus was looking into them. I don't know.
3: Indeed. Okay.
0: Is there anything else I can do for you?
3: Yeah, what's the library access policy?
0: Library? Oh, um... (laughs) You mean the university library?
3: <laughs> like, do I need to sign up for a class? Is it open to the public? <laughs> How do I get the book in hand?
0: <laughs> yes, well, the university library uh, is normally open to the public for a small fee. Do you have an interest in the medical sciences?
3: Eh, I mean... It's okay. I think that's more his cup of tea, he points at Ozil.
4: <laughs> oh, me? No, uh, mostly the religious. Uh, I think he's looking
0: more for the arcane, if you can point him to the A's. Ah, I see. Uh, well it is a rather extensive library, you may be able to find something of that nature. However, this school focuses much more on the mortal sciences, so to speak. Um, anatomy medicine, mathematics uh, that sort of thing you see Uh.
3: Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I mean I guess to be a good transmuter you have to know anatomy it'll it'll do to start
0: he'll go over to the wall and there's a map of the school and he'll point to a building like you can find the main library here however unfortunately uh this school is basically shut down and not open to the public at the moment uh, while they are investigating the crimes and uh, putting the beast on trial, you see. Um, we should be up and running again in a few days.
3: the worst.
2: Pat said on the shoulder.
0: I will say, though, uh, once this school is open again, uh, as friends of Petros's, I would be happy to... Uh, see about having the entrance fee to the library uh, waived for you if you would come and find me I would be happy to get you in I do hope all this nonsense is done with soon Uh, all these crowds and violent people are starting to get to me I can barely walk home after I get off of work
4: is this, like, a campus that we're on around number three, pretty much like the school, like all these big black kind of buildings that are surrounding this, what I would call, campus-like area? Uh,
0: yes, all these large buildings that look similar here on the map are part of the college, as well as the big courtyard in the center. I mean, make- makes sense. I went to school once.
1: Stormak has been, like, holding and turning over and perhaps playing with some artifact that he found in the guy's office. Um, probably the guy wouldn't want him to be doing that, but Sormac's just been off in the corner. And, uh, he, he hands it to the guy. He says, well, we should be on our way. Um, do be careful. Professor Lorimore may have died because of these books. And he pats the books and he says, have a nice day. And he walks out. Uh, Oh my god.
2: Okay. Um, (laughs)
0: <laughs> Yet you hand him that artifact And he like fumbles with it and almost drops it And finally puts it back on the shelf And lets out a sigh Could you point us to the courthouse please? Oh yes of course uh, It's just right on the edge of the town square You can't miss it Oh Flora would know that Yes, There's currently a rather large Gruesome effigy that people have been building Right outside of the courthouse
1: Great thank you
4: There's a giant number two painted on its roof
1: <laughs> Stormak dips back into the room Oops, almost forgot all these demon books And grabs the case of books
4: Now we left the demon books We're taking the scarab book with us
0: Yeah, and on your way out If you do want to take a minute To snoop around and investigate This crime scene You do have that ability
1: Yeah, Stormac's a little curious Just to see, you know Is this damage something That Stormak could have done Or is this something that is, like, clearly a monster did
0: this? Uh, Yeah, it definitely looks like something huge bashed the place up. Okay. There are massive holes in the walls in places, and gigantic shelves and furniture pieces have been smashed to bits. Uh, Stormak probably would have had a pretty hard time causing this much damage.
2: Like 12 feet huge?
3: Like 15 hit die
0: huge. Yeah, I don't think you'd be able to get uh, specifics like that from uh, looking at the damage.
3: I mean, I think you'd be able to tell, like, some the relative size. Like, if an elephant smashed your door down, or a person smashed your door down, I feel like the damage would look different.
2: Yeah, and if, like, the damage stops at a certain level up the wall, you know they couldn't reach any higher. Or their big old
3: claw gashes and things.
0: Well, do you guys want to Take a minute to look around and investigate and see what you can
3: find out? A minute? Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just kind of like looking around, not like, at least for say, not doing like a full-on investigation.
0: So, coming out of Professor Crowell's office, so you guys came in through the front door and passed through the library-slash-workshop with all the destruction, and and past that, there's a large auditorium It's pretty easy to suss out that the thief broke in through the back door, came through the auditorium, and then smashed up the workshop. You can tell that that back door has been recently damaged and has only had some temporary makeshift repairs done to it. You can see there's a chain wrapped around the handles of the door with a sort of makeshift padlock locking it up. The simple wooden door on the other side of the foyer leading into the auditorium is completely smashed off its hinges and splintered all over the floor. And the same goes for the wooden door leading into the workshop on the other side of the auditorium. It's a pretty large auditorium, paneled in fine oak, and in the center there's a sort of five foot deep central area lined with books, tribal fetishes. And different random curiosities. There's a small stage and lectern in the center of this area, which is edged with a low oak rail, worn smooth from the touch of years of students watching lectures. The workshop area has high ceilings and is lined with mostly empty or destroyed shelves. Uh, there's a trio of great leaded windows outlooking over the university lawn. There's a staggering array of books, scrolls, maps, curios, shrunken heads, tribal masks, bits of pottery all scattered everywhere, all over the floor, smashed to bits. The room is otherwise crowded with just overturned tables, desks, cabinets, and broken furniture and chairs and things. Um why don't we get some perception checks real quick? Twenty-three
1: for Stormac. Eleven for Sid.
2: Seven Uh, for Flora.
4: (laughs) Fourteen for me. I don't think it helps.
0: So Flora and Sidriel, you can suss out pretty easily that the back door was broken in from the outside. And Sidriel, you might be able to recognize on the ground there are remains of a fine silver wire and a tiny bell still half attached to the door as the material components required for an alarm spell.
3: I would relay that information.
0: Stormak and Ozil, you both pick up on a subtle smell of beeswax wafting through the air uh, within the auditorium and the workshop.
1: Do you smell that? He wafts his hand to his nose. It smells like bees, beeswax. It's a
4: very unique smell. My girlfriend's a beeswax candle dipper, so I I know that smell very well.
0: Stormac, you notice that there are several deep scratches up on the wooden rail near the trio of large windows. And directly underneath that railing, the tile floor of the workshop is damaged in a way that... It seems like something extremely heavy fell down from high up and smashed into the floor. There's, like, a big indentation of broken tile.
1: Is this, like, museum style? Like, there's labels on exhibits?
0: Yes, you can see remnants of that at least. Most of the things in the workshop are smashed up. Can we tell what it was that fell? Oh, so it doesn't appear like an exhibit or a piece of art fell from high up, uh... The railings up by the window, there's no exhibits up there, uh, which is where it looks like whatever it was fell from.
4: Okay, well, somebody note that information, and we'll use it later.
0: Stormak, you also pick up on something that stands out. There is one area in the room that appears untouched and undamaged, in stark contrast to the damage seen elsewhere in the department. And it appears to be the pedestal that once held the sea sage effigy according to the label the pedestal that held the effigy is crowded with small fetishes and delicate mother-of-pearl fish carvings that are all completely undamaged everything right in that small area okay
3: fire up the old detect magic look for any lingering auras
0: Yeah, you fire up Detect Magic, and you don't pick up on any lingering magical auras uh, around the workshop.
3: Any kind of knowledge check to determine, like, how heavy a thing would have to be to make the kind of destruction it made on the floor, based on, like, coming from that window? Um,
0: sure. How about just, like, a flat intelligence check?
3: That will be a twelve.
0: Yes, yeah, Sidriel. if you're looking at this indent in the floor, it looks like something massively heavy fell down from a fairly high height. Uh, you'd guess maybe several hundred pounds, maybe even upwards to a thousand. And Stormak, with that 23 perception, um, maybe you walk over to Sidriel while he's inspecting that indent in the floor. And you look up at the windows directly above that indentation, uh, where the scratched railing is. And you notice that the windows look like they haven't been opened in quite some time, as evidenced by a fairly thick layer of grime that is covering all of them, except for one. The center window has no such grime.
1: Because it's not there? Because it's broken out? Or just, it's clean?
0: Yeah, the window is still intact and closed, uh, but it is clean and does not look untouched like the other two.
1: Sidriel, what do you make of this one particularly clean
0: window?
3: (laughs) They have a very lazy maid. (laughs) Like, is there something kind of knowledge?
0: Does anybody have knowledge windows? (laughs) (laughs) yeah I have no idea
3: yeah i i i I guess I don't what were you going for there Ryan because i I was not picking up anything there oh no no
1: sorry I wasn't I wasn't trying to put you on the spot I was just trying to inform everybody I have no idea what to do here.
0: happy to move on
3: yeah, I guess make mental notes of what we've seen here
0: taking notes is good but you guys are pretty much done here
4: sure let's, uh, let's drop off that book and get paid
0: mm-hmm all right, so you guys want to leave the university and make your way towards the courthouse via the town square. Is that right? Yeah.
2: Yes, correct. That's what we're doing.
0: All right.
1: R- Real quick, I'll just throw this out here to the to the crew. Um, I have a hero card that says um, I can spend it to petition the GM for a hint. Is this a good time? Do you feel?
2: Mm, to petition the GM for I a mean, hint yeah, about, probably why?
1: not. I
4: feel, yeah. I guess it's not a good time. I mean, wait till we're I think real that'd be good
3: stuck. for, like, if we're, if we're feeling. Yeah, exactly. If we don't okay. know what to do next, but we at least have, like, a game plan for what to do.
1: Yeah. I guess we just took a couple minutes, looked around here out of curiosity, and we're, now we're on our way.
3: Yes. Yeah, I mean, some of the the clues we saw may mean something later when we have more context to put them in.
0: Alright, so you make your way to the town square, and it is chock full of people. There is a huge crowd here, and people are yelling and arguing and chanting, burn the beast, burn the beast, and just generally going ham. In the square, directly outside of the courthouse, there is a huge, maybe 30 or so foot tall wooden figure with a cage in its chest. Periodically, you can hear the crowd cheering as somebody else brings a load of timber and starts piling it up at the figure's legs. You see even groups of children playing and dancing around by it, throwing flowers and rubbish into the timber pile at its legs
1: that seems quite
0: extravagant and unnecessary really or oh, if you got a better way to kill the beast i'd like to hear it we're gonna burn that bastard alive Rawr! and the crowd starts cheering well, i wasn't talking to you sir have a good day
1: i guess this guy's got great hearing
2: yeah I, I we just keep our heads down
0: yeah like Moving through the town square towards the courthouse, you're like shoulder to shoulder with people, like you have to squeeze around people. It's pretty packed. Well, as you approach the courthouse and squeeze your way through the crowd, uh, you come to the front doors of it. It is a large three-story building. Uh, Looks like it was built as a fortification uh, it's made of dark stone with walls of reinforced masonry. It has big, strong wooden doors leading into it, and there are two guards standing outside. When you approach the entrance of the courthouse, the two guards kind of cross their halberds, and they say, All right, then, what's your business? We got a delivery. Judge Embreth Derrimund. Right, she works here. And who are you? We uh delivery. Your name is Delivery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice try, Mrs. Delivery. Really?
1: He doesn't know us, but a friend of his entrusted us with this delivery.
0: Who are you lads? They look at each other and then back at you. And then one of them says, Uh right, go check it out. See if the judge is expecting anyone.
1: Crazy day out there, huh?
0: Yeah, they kind of just stare forward and don't respond.
2: Oh, rude.
0: Well, there's like a thousand assholes ready to riot right in front of the courthouse. They kind of probably don't have a lot of patience right now. Uh, After a few minutes, the other guard comes back out. He says, yeah, Judge Deremon says uh, send him on in. Nope. All right, then. You can go in, but uh, the dog's going to have to stay outside. What? Well, it's not a bloody kennel. It's a courthouse.
2: I'm not going to leave Daisy out here by herself.
0: I do not believe that
4: the judge would approve of us uh, leaving one of the members of our party outside. Please uh, go and check with them and tell me that... We cannot all come inside. This is on uh, the last words of one of... The, we have been charged with the last words of one of her very good friends. They're very good friends. Please. Roll diplomacy. Okay.
1: I think I got a good diplo. And, and, and don't forget Old River. He,
0: he's he's really cool, too.
1: It's not too bad.
2: She's a service dog.
0: You can't always expect everyone to allow dogs in, especially like a courthouse. Uh,
2: in a world where you can... Okay.
4: No, you can You can keep going. Familiars and shit.
0: <laughs> in a world. <laughs>
4: I, I rolled a natural 16 on the die, plus two for 18. 18 diplomacy.
0: Okay. Yeah, they look at each other and like, well, they are pretty cute. All right, you can leave them with some of us in the foyer here. We'll keep an eye on them while you meet with the judge best i can do
2: all right all right fine as if she can come inside out of the like crazy rave then okay
0: they'll let you bring both dogs inside and they say some of the guards will keep an eye on them they bring you inside and one of the guards says all right lieutenant dangle here we'll keep an eye on the dogs for you right this way dangle dangle
2: dangle Alright, that's that's a man.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: Does
4: does he have really short shorts on? (laughs) Yeah. I
1: I like that Meg combined the idea of a bunch of people getting ready to watch a man burn to death with a rave.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, it is pretty similar to Burning Man. (laughs) So the guards lead you in through the foyer, through this sort of barracks area with a bunch of beds lined up for the guards. And up the stairs, you come into a large courtroom with benches and the judge's podium up front. And to your left, you can see up above you, there is raised stadium seating overlooking the courtroom. Through that, on the other side of the room, there are three doors with guards next to each one. They point you towards the center door. Well, that's Judge Derriman's office. She'll be expecting you. And the guard in front of that door steps away. As you come in, you see a distinguished older woman sitting at a desk. Uh, She's wearing fine judge's robes. She has gray hair up in a bun and fancy glasses on. She's looking over some papers and looks up, says, Ah, yes, you are delivery, I presume? (laughs) We are delivering. That's
1: cool artwork. Uh, Stormac enters the room, and as he passes by the guard, he kind of jingles this backpack full of weapons on his shoulder. He says, You might want to focus on weapons instead of dogs, but, you know, not for me to tell you how to do your job. And then he enters the judge's chambers. Oh,
0: my <laughs> God. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. I mean,
4: not a great look, but. You do know how to guard.
0: <laughs> I have been expecting a uh, delivery from agents of the Lorimer Estate. May uh, he rest in peace. Uh, is it safe to assume that is who I'm speaking to?
4: Yes, absolutely, Your Honor. We were we were tasked with bringing you this book as part of his last will and testament. I I hope that uh, it will. Be laid in good hands, Stornak.
1: Stornak,
0: yes. give, give it the book.
1: <laughs> he presents it to her, holding it in both hands, offers it to her.
0: Ah, yes. Thank you very much. She kind of looks it once over, turns it around, jiggles the lock on it. She's like, "And you brought it back in one piece. Job well done."
4: I know it is, uh, none of our business, but would you mind telling us what is in that tome? Petros was a good friend of ours, and, uh, we spent a long time trying to figure out what happened to him. We even had to kill his undead body. Uh, it would, it might bring a a little bit of closure to us and the rest of the party if... Uh, his sacrifice and our sacrifice uh, wasn't in vain. Wh- what were we protecting, if you mind, Your Honor? There were a lot of, uh... We went through a lot of trials and tribulations in Raven uh Things that have been set in motion that I feel are, have yet come to this area, but it seems that that book may have something to do with it, and, uh, it would... It's more out of curiosity, I feel, for the rest of us, that we didn't have to do what we did back there t- just for mere nothing.
3: Uh, well, this book
0: is simply a collection of findings and essays from an ancient society of scholars, you might say. The Esoteric Order of the Palantine Eye.
3: And what does this society do?
0: Well, from what we have found, uh, they were simply seekers of knowledge and defenders against the dark arts, you might say. Petros was always interested in learning about ways to fight the darkness. He was a great man. He was a great asset to the scientific community and Galarian as a whole, in my opinion. I found myself very disappointed To hear of his passing.
4: As did we. But I'm glad that the tome could make it back to where it needs to be.
0: I never doubted that Petros would get it back to me. He always had a sense for the good in the world. and He always fought for such as well.
1: I
4: hope he is remembered as such. For when Raven Grow, his reputation was tarnished. And so I hope that that doesn't linger among the knowledgeable people in this world.
0: Yes, well, there will always be those of us who knew how good he truly was. <clears throat> she kind of like clears her throat and adjusts her collar. She looks a little flustered for a second.
2: Oh, they were in love.
0: Petros always had a penchant for figuring out how things would be before they were, you might say. He once told me that the people that would bring me this book would be the sort of people that I could call on in a time of need. I never quite understood why he was telling me this or why it mattered but I believe there might be something you can help me with. And perhaps Petros was counting on that in some way. I suppose you have heard of the ongoings here surrounding the so-called Beast of Lepidstad and the upcoming trial regarding his crimes, yes?
1: Are you the judge of this trial?
0: I am one of three, yes. And if I'm being perfectly honest, I'm not entirely convinced that this creature will receive a fair trial. Most of those involved, and even the other judges, I'm afraid, are dead set on just believing he is guilty without without putting much thought into it at all. They've assigned him the most inexperienced, incapable barrister to defend him in court that we have, I'm not even sure they're looking into the witness testimonies or evidence at all. And unfortunately, in my station, I cannot outwardly get involved, you see.
2: What makes you believe he's not as guilty as everyone else thinks he is?
0: Well, just as I've heard very many tales of the beast's destruction and wrongdoings, I've heard just as many... Of his kindness and acts of goodwill. Oh? But I guess the point being that, regardless of the tales that I or anyone else has heard, this creature deserves a fair trial, just like the rest of us. And I fear that no one in this damned city is going to lift a finger to really find out whether this beast is guilty or innocent. And though my station restricts me, I just cannot idly sit by and watch a possibly innocent creature be burned alive. Especially with the conditions of his rest being so uh, unusual. How so? Well, the creature apparently stole some artifact. And it has not been found anywhere, not in the creature's possession... Or on sight. And while the creature was in a rage, apparently destroying half of the university, when the guards arrived, he gave up instantly and came calmly and willingly to be imprisoned.
2: Does it speak? Has anyone asked questions?
0: Yes, it does apparently have the ability to speak, but... From what I hear, it has not been able to explain itself, or why it was there doing what it was doing, and has simply laughed like a madman whenever those brave enough with access to it have tried to communicate with it.
2: Are you able to grant access?
0: This is indeed something I am able to do. In fact, I would like to hire you to seek out any evidence that may prove the beast's innocence or guilt one way or the other. I can set you up with one of my most trusted men in the town guard. He will provide you with any information, access, or authority that you may require in this process. It is always important to me that every being gets a fair trial for crimes it's accused of, yet at the same time I am also interested in quelling suspicions regarding the professor's death and what is going on here. Has he talked much to you about the whispering way?
1: She rolls sense motive on all of us as we react. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just believe that him dying from a careless accident right after he begins to look into the dangerous cult is... Far too much of a coincidence. Something both the professor and I never gave much weight to.
2: Well, he certainly seemed like he had a plan.
3: Are you implying that the professor had foreknowledge of his death and what's going on currently in Leppenstead?
2: Well, he knew he was in trouble. That's why he arranged all of it in the first place.
3: I'm not saying it's outside the Perotan possibility. I'm just asking her if that's what she's implying.
0: Well, that notion may seem fantastic, the Professor Petros, he always had a way of being ten steps ahead of everyone else, if you know what I mean. Now, I don't know what information he had before he died, but he knew something was happening, and he was trying his damnedest to find a way to stop it. I simply cannot get involved. But I would like to introduce you to my man on the inside, so to speak. A trusted member of the constabulary.
2: I swear to God, if Benjamin Collar walks through that door, I'm losing it. No, my it's
3: mind. the uh, guard that walked us in while his new boot gookin.
2: What the hell was his name? Wait a minute. Dangle. Dangle! Dangle!
3: Yeah, Lieutenant
2: <laughs>
0: Dangle. She says, The trial begins the day after tomorrow. I will arrange for my man to meet you first thing in the morning tomorrow. Should you choose to help me, that is, of course.
2: Um, I, I, I believe she kind of looks around at her friends for, like, agreement. She's like, I, I think we can help you with this, but we might need um, a little bit of financial help to do that with. Dot dot dot. She hasn't given us our money yet. Is she going to give us money?
3: I believe what she's trying to say is, "Fuck you, pay me." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes,
0: of course. My apologies. Uh, whether or not you decide to help me, you are entitled to this. And she pulls out from underneath her desk a fine wooden coffer filled with four hundred platinum pieces.
4: Money, money, what, money. What? That's a lot of fucking stones right there. Nice. It's so a 100 platinum each. Woot woot.
0: Hopefully this will facilitate any needs you have during this investigation.
1: Um, I believe this is payment for delivery of the book, and then you wish to then hire us for a new project unrelated to this payment.
0: Yes, I am asking for your help in a second arrangement.
2: Y- yes. 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 Flora, will kind of look at
0: Star yes. yes. We will help you. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> However, if you can bring me some solid evidence that proves the beast's innocence or guilt, I will match Lorimer's bequeathments and pay you another 100 platinum each.
2: Oh
1: my that's pretty good well it's the right thing to do but yes we we have to agree
0: I would appreciate as well your discretion and leaving my name out of these investigations it is not my place to meddle in a trial that I am to judge you see
1: so we will have no cooperation from anyone else on your behalf
0: Unfortunately, my hands are tied as far as letting it be known that I am involved in this investigation. However, the man that I will be assigning to you should be able to get you all the cooperation you need.
2: And what's his name?
0: That would be Constable Kane. Kane? I will arrange to have him meet you at 7 a.m. tomorrow morning at a place of your choosing. He should have all of the information you need on the crimes the beast is being charged with. Does this sound agreeable to you?
2: Yes. I believe so.
0: Yes. The first day of the trial will be regarding a single crime that the beast is being charged with. I suggest focusing on that one and trying to gather evidence for the crimes one at a time as the trial goes on.
3: And which is the first crime that's being put on trial?
0: On the first day, the beast is being tried for the murder of ten villagers from the swamper town of Marast, just about eight miles from here. Any other information regarding that crime or the others, or the trial, I will send with my man. He should be able to help you in that sense. I'm afraid we must part ways. Okay. I should have known I could count on you from the moment Petros mentioned it, but... I thank you for your help. This truly means a lot. Of course. Now, I must be getting back to work. Uh, Where is it that you would like me to send my man to meet you in the morning?
2: The the dead goat? Yeah? Yeah. The dead goat?
0: 7 a.m. sharp at the dead goat... I'm sure he knows where it is.
2: All right.
0: Well, I must bid you adieu. Thank you again, and I hope you are successful in your endeavors.
2: Yeah, and and thank you. That's buggy. Flora wants to go check on Daisy.
0: Yeah, as you come out into the foyer, you see Dangle and a couple of other guards are sitting on the floor, rolling around, petting Daisy and and Old River, having a good old time.
4: Wow. See?
2: (laughs) Nice her diplomacy is sky high plus
4: 20 cute puppy
0: (laughs) so is there anything else that you guys want to try to do today
2: I don't don't think so I mean I want to go shopping but I feel like maybe we should do that today instead of tomorrow Uh, we could do it but not today today but like next week we could do it off air
0: yeah we could do that
2: or off air yeah.
0: Yeah well shop off air. Yeah, that makes sense. You can figure it out over the next week and we'll be done with it by the time we come back to play again. So you guys want to spend the day shopping and then hit the hay pretty much?
2: Yeah, we got we got stuff we need to collect.
1: Yeah, we sell that onyx and shop. Sell? Yeah, we've got like hundreds yeah, of pounds I- of onyx. Yeah, right. we
4: have that and
2: yeah, but we want to make sure it doesn't just go into the hands of... We got
4: some other shit, too. I mean, Leopard said it's a big city. We could probably sell everything for whatever market value. Yeah,
1: shopping includes selling and buying. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out.
0: All right, so you guys figure that out over the next week.
2: Okay. Sounds good.
0: Do that off air. And we'll just fast forward a little bit through this day of shopping, Bonanza, and cut to the morning... Uh, Sounded like Flora, you went to your house, I imagine. Yep. Instead of the dead goat. All right, and everyone else is at the dead goat, right? Yep. So everyone sleeps through the night, and when you wake up in the morning, Sidreal comes out first, followed by Stormac. Eventually, Flora shows up. Yet Ozil does not. Show up down in the main room of the inn. What? Yeah, uh, maybe he's still sleeping, uh, but he doesn't come down to meet you. You guys are sitting around for a minute wondering.
2: Then we go bang on his door.
0: You go upstairs, bang on the door. No answer.
2: Is it locked?
0: It is not. Then
2: we open her up.
0: You open the door. And you find. Oh, fucks. An empty room. Okay. A neatly made bed with nothing on it but a single fine piece of stationery laying gently on top of the bed.
2: I think I just realized what happened. Okay.
0: It
3: says.
2: We pick up the stationery and read it.
1: We imagine Father Ozel's voice as we read his words. My beloved friends and compatriots,
4: my deepest condolences for leaving without a proper farewell. In some ways it may be better this way. It is with a heavy heart that I must leave you all to the task that you have been assigned by Judge Deremed. Please know that I am not casting aside these relationships that we have been cultivating over the past few months without proper cause. After speaking with Kendra, I realized there is something brewing that requires my immediate, undivided, and careful attention. Something that I believe may be more sinister than I care to neglect and let fester. Although I cannot claim that my motives for joining this party were based on pure altruism, I now do believe that you all are on a virtuous path. When we all first met at the funeral of Professor Lorimer, we were nothing but strangers, charged with the last wish of a dying friend. Yet through our adventures, we have become something... more. It dawns on me every day that it was not coincidence that we were chosen to embark on this mission together. We shall break bread and share ale again, my friends. But for now, this is goodbye. As my mentor always says, may Phrasma bless you for through the grace of a light we shall be set free. Ozil. What?
2: Flora throws the paper back on the bed. <laughs>